Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No matter how many books you read, classes you take, or podcasts you listen to, there's no substitute for experience when it comes to raising kids. While first-time dads are rightfully nervous about certain aspects of their impending fatherhood, new dads have a unique perspective on what it's really like. As a licensed psychologist, I work with expectant and new dads all the time, and today we're talking about what baby's first year is really like for dads. I'm Dr. Danny Singley, Director of Basic Training for New Dads, and this is Parent Savers. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Did you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for parents of newborns, infants, and toddlers. I'm your host, John O'Reill, and thanks again to all of our loyal listeners who've joined the Parent Savers Club. Our members get all of our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show, where we do kind of a special conversation with the expert extending the show. And plus, we also have special giveaways and discounts that we offer to our members. You can subscribe to our monthly newsletter for free, though, if you're not already a member, and you can get a chance to win a membership to our club each month. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Parent Savers app, available in the Android and iTunes marketplace. And every time we put out a new show, it'll just automatically appear there. So when you're working out, walking around, or doing whatever you do when you listen to podcasts, you'll be able to listen to Parent Savers. So as you guys know, I'm Joner Real, and I am 39 and have three young boys, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and an almost two-year-old. By the time this episode's released, I think he'll be a couple weeks away from being two. So this is actually a continuation of our show um, that we just did with Preggy Pals this week, where we were talking about you know what dads can experience, um, what the experience is like for pregnancy and childbirth. So we're joined by the same panelists, but we'll go around and reintroduce ourselves and talk about how many kids you have and what you do. Hi, I'm Rob Laird. I'm 35. I'm a naval officer and captain of a minesweeper. I've got, well, two and a half kids, uh, <laughs> one seven-year-old, one 10-month-old, and one due in August. All girls. Uh, my name is Chris Conti. I'm 38 years old. I am a financial risk analyst. Uh, uh, my wife is a doula and the mother of our one-year-old daughter. Hi, I'm Nick Christensen, 34. I'm a stay-at-home dad to a beautiful 11-month-old girl named Callie. I'm Danny Singley. I'm a licensed psychologist with uh, expertise in men's issues, particularly the transition to fatherhood. My kids are, my boys are six and eight years old, and they happen to be the most beautiful children on the planet. I'm a scientist. You can trust me. (laughs) Well, what a coincidence, too. That's the topic that we're talking about today. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm Antonio Guerrero. I'm 32. I'm an IT consultant, and I have a little girl on the way. Congrats. Thank you. And thanks for joining us, everybody. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you looking for the perfect present for a new dad or perhaps you're doing some last minute shopping for Father's Day? Then you'll definitely want to check out DaddyScrubs.com. Robert Nickel founded the company and he's joining us now on the phone. Robert, thanks for joining us. Is it okay if I call you Robert? Absolutely. Glad to be here. Thank you. All right. So let's start with the basics. So what are Daddy Scrubs? Daddy Scrubs is the uniform to get dad into the process. And I call it a uniform because it's medical scrubs that say daddy on the front. It says I'm the daddy on the back. And it's the start of the process that the dad wears in the labor and delivery room. And for me, I, uh, I put my daddy's scrubs on when I drive my wife to the hospital. I wear them almost the entire time I'm there, taking the new baby down to the nursery, helping get them at bathe. You can sleep in them. They're super comfortable. They're like pajamas. And then you can wear them for the next two or three weeks afterwards, too, when you're in that first few stages of having the baby. And uh, they're completely washable and, and clean up really good. And I, I had a... Uh, one of, one of our celebrities, Ian Zirin, he's like, he's like, yeah, I wore them for two weeks straight afterwards. And it was just... Uh, <laughs> Hopefully he washed it, it. It's pretty fun to hear those things. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, my wife saw these uh, recently at an event out here. And the first thing she came home and talked to me about, she was really excited about them. I was like, you have to check out these daddy scrubs. So cool. We have three boys. I don't know how old your kids are, but mine, my oldest, uh, my second son is three years old now. And mm-hmm. he can read the word daddy. So he actually gets upset. If I'm not putting my daddy shirt on on Saturday morning, <laughs> right. or, or getting my daddy, or getting my daddy hat, like, where's your daddy hat? I'm like, get your daddy hat, dad, put it on. <laughs> yeah, and that's awesome. And then you know that kind of underscores, I guess, the dad's role in the family. There is so much mom stuff that you know. I feel like maybe the only stuff you do see that identifies dad is like the cheesy, like world's greatest dad, like necktie or something like that. We have the most amazing Father's Day ties, and <laughs> what we did, I'm, I'm telling you. Because I agree with you. You know, if you Google Father's Day ties, all that comes up are these cheap ties. They're stiff. They're ugly. They're fat. Right. So I went and made custom silk ties that, um, you know, it's very um, nonchalant. So it says, there's one that says, I love daddy. There's another one that just says, daddy, 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 daddy across it. And there's another one that's a word search where different words are circled that, you know, what, what daddy means to me. You know, like, you know, fun guy and loving spirit and, and different things like that. Oh, that's cute. It sounds like pretty much everything you're doing is with dad in mind. What I'm doing is basically looking at what what do I want as a dad, right? You know what what I like and what's what do I think is quality products and what and what do I want to use, you know, during that time period, um, you know, after the baby's born until you know they're they go off to college. <laughs> so, how can our listeners learn more about Daddy Scrubs and purchase these Daddy Scrubs items? They can learn more about Daddy Scrubs by going to DaddyScrubs.com. And we ship all over the world, actually. And we can ship anything that they like by Father's Day with hats and mugs and T-shirts and long-sleeve shirts and really super comfortable hoodies and daddy diaper bags and big daddy disposable changing pads and um, (laughs) daddy swag gift box and the daddy scrubs and all kinds of daddy products that you cannot find anywhere else in the world except at daddyscrubs.com. 
Nice. So much stuff to check out. And Daddy's Crubs is actually offering a special discount to all of our Parent Savers listeners. So if you're purchasing items through their website, simply enter the promo code NEWMOMMY13. That's NEWMOMMY13. And you'll get a 15% discount. And that expires on June 30th. So thanks so much for joining us, Robert. And thanks for creating these products to make dads feel special. And yeah, we're going to have to hook that up. I think I might have to wear daddy scrubs for a special tape and a parent savers. Awesome. <laughs> hey, send me an email. I'll send you a whole bunch of free swag. <laughs> All right, thanks. Go to the giveaways page on parentsavers.com and sign up for your chance to win a daddy swag gift set from Daddy Scrubs. The gift set includes the Daddy Scrubs, a t-shirt, hat, coffee mug, three pens, sunglasses, and more, all proudly proclaiming, I'm the Daddy. Happy Father's Day. All right, today's topic on Parent Savers is a continuation of the conversation we had on Preggy Pals, where we're talking to dads um, about what they're expecting in the first year of life. We're calling it Dad's Guide to Baby's First Year. And we're joined by Dr. Danny Singley again. You know, how do you describe for your people who are taking your class or that you work with, you know, what's the first year like of being a dad? I describe it as a series of firsts because it is. It's not a series of challenges. It's a series of opportunities to dad up. I think of the first year we've gone from a straight line. As soon as you have that baby, you're now a triangle. There are now legs from each parent to the baby. And I look at it as an opportunity to keep that leg from you to your partner if the person is still in the picture, very, very strong. It's funny. Every time I do one of these classes for expectant dads, I give them the cheat sheet. Uh, so there are, there are three things that you have to do. The first thing is if your wife thinks that you're evil because you're not reading as much as you're supposed to, get online, sign up for one of these emails that give it to you once a week. It's an executive summary of what's going on. It's usually a lot of fruit. Hey, you know, there's a baby. And do that. <laughs> right, yeah, so then you come back. Is. Yeah, you come back and then all of a sudden you've got it. Well, you can do this also with an, our little watermelon seed? with an infant. Yeah, you know, at this point it's like your baby's the size of a dachshund or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the second thing is to take point on arranging for medical medical care. A lot of times that's just like, oh, you know, mom's, mom's in charge of that. Well, you can be the one that's helping interview the pediatrician and, and you know, taking to appointments and, and be involved. But the third, which I think is, is much more important, is two. And no, no dad in history, no expectant dad has ever done this, or new dad, um, is to set up a weekly recurring 15-minute check-in where... And initiated by the dad, that's the part that's never once happened in the history of the world, is you, you, you hardwire this into your schedule and you begin it ideally before the pregnancy, you know, during the pregnancy. And then during it, you sit down and you do the check-in and you sit down and it's, you don't do the family business. You don't figure out how to get more diapers. You don't see about transport or anything. You just work on that leg of the triangle that goes between you and the person that relationship is, is, is what caused this family to happen in the first place. But it oftentimes gets very short thrift in that first six to nine months. There's a well-documented relationship between, you know, as soon as you have kids, marital satisfaction takes a hit. It's a, it's a U-shape. Well, change it. Yeah, over marriage time. changes. I mean, I think it's, and maybe that's what you talk about, but the marriage certainly changes after the baby. Of course. Like, and so that's probably what the, it's all in reaction to. Yeah, but, but it doesn't have to be that way. My point, you know, stats are you take a billion people and squish them all together. Some of them have high satisfaction yeah. the whole time. And if you keep the relationship strong, 
it's the best for the baby. It's the best for the marriage. Well, Nick, let me ask you about that um, because I remember for the Preggy Pals episode, one of your big tips, and I think something we all agree with is, you know, you've got to be able to go with the flow. Yep. And I know, you know, my wife and I struggle a little bit because she's a calendar person. She's a list person. And I'm maybe not as calendary listy as she is. So, you know, if I hear that I have to have a 15-minute meeting with my wife every week, that seems really structured to me. I mean, you kind of have the same reaction about what he's saying or how that fits into it. All the above. I I think it's a great idea, actually, because my personality is not very schedule-like. I'm not very structured. So it's hard for me to just sit down and say, okay, let's meet and do this. And um, but I think it's a fantastic idea. Just, you know, making sure that everyone is happy. Just no, no, it's the opposite. It's not making sure that everybody's happy. That's, uh, but I'm glad you said that. The point of it is not, the point is if I'm unhappy, I mean, the point of it is I want to tell you exactly what's going on with me right here. Here's my honest feelings. I want you to know what it's like to be in my skin and between my ears right now. And for both parents to do that with each other. And if it's, I'm completely freaking out, I'm stressed. I resent you. I'm, I'm actually jealous of the bond that you have with the baby. And I'm concerned about what that means for me long-term with my, that's what that check-in is for. And I think that's fantastic. I don't know if it's a guy thing or if it's just me, but I'm not the best communicator. Yeah, you know, right. I keep everything bottled inside, and eventually <laughs> it just explodes. Right, um, we're so all I, awful I, about that. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. definitely no, a testosterone. I've thing. never heard of that. Before. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's fantastic because it it forces you to get out of your comfort zone and communicate your feelings or her feeling or hear her feelings and both. Mm-hmm see each other from a perspective that you don't normally do on your day-to-day basis. So I, I love it. I mean, I don't know if I've done that looking back in the past 12 yeah. months or something, at least in a scheduled manner, but... Um, right. I think I know that I would probably... I balk a little bit at the notion of, oh, here's a reminder that yeah. I got to go talk to Christina oh, yeah. in 15 minutes about how everything's going. You know, but if it happens, you know, hey, let's have a cocktail tonight after the kid goes to sleep or, you know, let's just have a bowl of ice cream and talk about it. That's the sympathy weight right here. <laughs> just on a side note, I mean, if you don't kind of force yourself to do it, if it's a little uncomfortable, then you'll find excuses not to oh, do yeah. it. Absolutely. And especially like Nick said, this isn't exactly a, something that most guys are really good at or come naturally. Mm-hmm. So if it's, you know... Number one, you're going to have to force it because it doesn't come naturally. Number two, you could actually be talking about, okay, I'm not really happy about such and such that's going on right now. So that's normally not a comfortable conversation to have to begin with. <laughs> so, But it's one that needs to happen. It is. Because if it doesn't happen, it's going to build up until it kind of is so big that it can't be ignored. And then it's harder to deal with. Well, and so jumping off of that, I do couples therapy for folk. Maybe they, they do or don't have kids. But what I can tell you is the, the number one top reason that people walk in the door and sit down and say, the reason why we're here talking to you, doctor, is because we don't communicate well. There's, there's, then there's you know all the details in that. But fundamentally, when things are going wrong in a, in a couple, it's 90% of the time there is a... There's a communication block. So if you stay well, ahead of that, is it that they're not communicating well, or is it that they communicate differently? Same thing. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's, communication, good, bad, or negative. It's just are are the lines of communication yeah. open about what really matters? So as you focus on your basic training for new dads, is all the focus on keeping that leg of the triangle no. with your partner? No. Or do you talk about nuts and bolts? Yeah. How, how do you change diapers? How right. do you how do you burp? Yeah. Things like changing diapers to use that example are you know things that i think that we as guys or as dads feel like we can figure out 
and do. It's the touchy feely stuff, that, mm-hmm. and, and that's the stuff that we're most concerned about a lot too, and typically terrible at. Yeah, exactly. Well, when we come, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk it um, after the break. Let's talk a little more specifics about you know some of the things we're terrible at. We're going to talk a little more about some of the things that we've all learned in the first year of our baby's life, and you know probably talk a little bit more about you know keeping the relationship healthy as mm-hmm. well too. All right, welcome back, everybody. Today we're talking about baby's first year with Dr. Danny Singley and our full panel of dad panelists as part of our special Father's Day episode of Parent Savers. And we're also doing a special Father's Day episode with the same group um, on Preggy Pals. So if you haven't already checked that out, make sure to do that as well. We had some great conversation about pregnancy and the childbirth experience. And now we're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, the experience of being a dad. Let me go around the table and just ask you guys... um, what is, you know, the first thing that surprised you the most in that first year about being a dad? I mean, it's obviously the whole thing is full of surprises. For me, it was, you know, as soon as I saw the baby being born, I felt totally different about it because it was this vague entity before. And then all of a sudden it was really real. Um, but I imagine that's not the case for all dads. But that was something that was just surprising to me that once it became real, how attached I felt to it. But what about you guys? What were some of the things that surprised you? I've always been kind of non-confrontational until something went, you know, a little sideways with the kid after, you know, the, the baby was just first born. And I was extraordinarily protective. Uh, it was like, you know, I've heard of the mama tiger thing, but it, it works for dads too. And I wasn't quite prepared for exactly how attached and how quickly I would become to the uh, the cute little thing. So even like in the hospital or if something was happening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and it, being it kicked in fight. pretty quick. Yeah. And you know, John, or you were talking about once that baby came out, then it sort of it was a whole different experience. It was real almost mm-hmm. at that point. And yeah. you know, for nine months, the the mom was developing that relationship with the baby and was feeling every single kick. You know, my hand wasn't always touching her belly. So I didn't know what was going on. I I was having conversations with it, but not on a frequent basis. It was different. So I almost feel like it was a, there was a pre-relationship with my daughter, but then the second she was born, like you see her, she's there, you're holding her. It's something just switched and it it became real at that point, even though I knew it was real beforehand and it was very real beforehand. Right. There was nothing taking back that experience of just seeing her and holding her for that first time. And becoming that you know protective father yeah i mean do you do you have those feelings kind of antonio that you're you kind of don't know what to expect antonio's expecting his first right yeah now. i it, the unknown is obviously the scariest part i know the thing that's freaking me out the most actually is driving home you know uh it's a 45 minute drive in san diego highways right. you know it's racking my mind i can't teleport her home you know right i don't think i'll be calm until she's home in her crib yeah (laughs) it's funny that you say that because we had a home birth and after the midwives and everyone left and you know they made sure the baby's fine and mom is fine and it was a couple hours after the birth and it was just us and the baby and we're like oh no what do we do (laughs) you know it's just us and the baby I think no matter where you are, it's it's going to be just a scary experience a little bit because you have this crying. There's little, that moment. Yeah, exactly. I will say for us, when we brought our third home and we came in and the grandparents had been watching our two older kids who were two and four at that time. And as opposed to like walking in to it, when it's your first, you walk into like the empty house and you're like, here we are, the triangle. You walk in and there's, you know, chaos going on and toys being thrown about. And it's like, what? did we just add to our plate and get ourselves <laughs> into because the two and the four-year-old didn't really change. And even though that my wife and I felt the change and it changed our family, we still had to deal with all the, you know, burdens and 
joys of raising the uh and then you got to play goalkeeper because <laughs> yeah the two and the four-year-olds still expect mom to do yeah. everything she was doing before she you know got run over by a bus yeah, exactly and so maybe and that's is that a concern that you have like i have definitely well luckily i've got a seven-year-old and a 10-month-old so the seven-year-old is old enough for me to you yeah. know, make sure she understands but it's even better because i can actually kind of incorporate her into helping me right be my, you know daddy's little helper to keep corralling the 10-month-old i think that's kind of how i'm planning on incorporating and trying to keep uh keep the chaos away from mom for a while Danny, what are some of the things that you maybe hear dads complain about? I mean, we're talking about some of the cool parts of it, but about what are the complaints? Like what, and we can maybe go around the room too, but what are the worst parts that people are saying of being a dad? Like what are things that they hate and they weren't prepared for? In order, the most common ones are disconnects that they didn't see coming. How are they going to handle night duty? By extension, not agreeing about when to move baby out of the room yeah, and then not having really clearly discussed so that you can be on the same page about dealing with the extended family and, and close friends. And of course that looked completely different depending on your cultural background. If you're, you know, an, an entitled white guy like me, you're an individualist and you think everything's about you. If you come from a more collectivistic perspective, then there's the extended family and then right. the, the inclusion and involvement of folks looks very different, but then that gets thorny because... You know, you want to you want to be very focused and you want to have a hit baseline as a family. Those are those are, I mean, finances and, and just sleep deprivation and all that. But those are the ones I hear. Right. They come back over and over. How did you guys deal with that? Did you guys talk to your extended family before about what the plan was going to be? I know that for my in-laws, my wife's brother just had a baby and they were walking on eggshells because they want to go see the baby. They don't want to step. But oh, yeah. They still have to make decisions. Uh-huh. And then there's a grandma involved. And so they're feeling weird about it too, but you know, I mean, how did you guys talk about it? Is that, how'd you deal with it? We started talking about it during pregnancy because all of our family's local and they all want to be pretty involved. And one of the big fears that my wife had during the pregnancy, especially near the end, was there was constant text messaging, emailing, phone calls, did you have the baby yet? Did you have the baby yeah. yet? Did you have the baby yet? And she didn't want to answer those questions anymore. So leading up to the, the delivery, we went total media blackout. We just decided... We're not going to let anybody in the family know that we're having the baby. When, right. we, when it starts, we're not going to have it because we're mm-hmm. not going to have Facebook updates and Twitter updates and phone calls and text messages and having all this, trying to live up to these expectations of the media. After the baby came, it was a, a little bit more of the same. We started. We decided, okay, we're going to have our own little sanctuary here, and when we want to invite people into our home, yeah, we'll make the space for them to come on our terms, in our times, when it works out for us and baby, and it'll be a defined period of time, and when they're ready to go, they can go. Uh, I felt it was easier to do it that way. We we felt it was easier to do it that way than to try to accommodate everybody's wishes. So if you try to accommodate everyone, you're right. gonna be you're gonna be chasing your tail forever. Well, mm-hmm. and I think that's the protective dad instinct kind of you know I think kicks up a little bit. It did for me at least with you know I need to make sure that my family is the focus now, and you know maybe my wife or wants to you know be close to her sister or other people want to help, but like hey. It's about us, and we've got to do what's best for the three of us now, or the four of us, or the five of us. Yeah. Well, what about nighttime duty? How do you guys do that? Well, this is one thing that's kind of surprisingly easier if the, the wife is breastfeeding, for at least from our situation, because all I had to do was get up, grab kid, bring back, and then I was done. You know, kid plugged in, I, I was asleep <laughs> right. again. And Maybe I guess, throw and change the diaper in there, yeah, too? Yeah, that, that too, yeah, definitely. Um, but I don't know. I guess it's 
maybe it's the naval training where I'm used to being up at night and being able to sleep, you know, wake up, fix something, go back to sleep at the drop of a hat. So I've been kind of playing that game for a long time. Everybody talks about taking turns. Yeah. You hear it's pretty common. Uh, oh, you know, it's your turn, it's my turn, it's your turn, it's my turn. When when our daughter's awake, everybody's awake. It's not. There's no taking turns. So, yeah. you know, somebody may go do the duty and, and, you know, make sure she gets her diaper changed and gets put back down. But you kind of do it together, even though you may not be in the room together. Yeah. I know when my wife, she's down, my our daughter's downstairs. When she goes down there, even if the noise stops, I don't fall back asleep until she's back upstairs in yeah. bed. You know, I can kind of, I'm sleeping with one eye open. Right. So the idea of trading doesn't really work in our house. Yeah, and I think that's what you need to figure out is what works. And that goes to Danny's point about um, communication. I know for us, I'm not really that comfortable with the whole tit for tat idea. Like the whole, well, I cook dinner, so you do the dishes or vice versa. That, you know, it's more of a collaboration. Like they both have their different joys and burdens. And so the same with like, you know, dealing with nighttime. Like one of the points that I've seen happen is, and this is kind of a you know stereotypical guy, like wait, but but we talked about this, you know, before that people are being proactive and saying, hey, you know, here's here's how we're going to do it. It's going to be my turn, and it's going to be your turn, or you're up, or we're both up, or however it is, and then the dust and placenta clear, mm-hmm. and <laughs> it changes. And what I, I I counsel dads, brand new dads, over and over and over again, not to say, uh uh uh, we we had an agreement. I'm like, yeah, but now you have new data, <laughs> right? So revisit <laughs> it. Don't try to just go back to a yeah. decision that was made in the absence of. Here's what it's really like. Agreements work great until somebody's growing teeth or until somebody gets a cold. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. You know, and then, or, or you can just it's very clear that someone needs a break. Mm-hmm. You know, even there is a lot of nonverbal communication that goes on where if you're paying attention and reading the signs, okay, tonight's mine or tonight's yours or however it goes. It's pretty easy. Antonio, hopefully you're taking notes about some of the things to discuss. I am. Uh, you know, too. we have plans. I'm naturally a night person. doesn't bother me to be up to two in the morning at all, but I'm not a morning person. Right. She is. And so far, our baby seems to be a night person like daddy, so she's kind of happy thinking that this will carry on, but we'll see. Um, that We've planned on breaking it up that way, mornings and nights. It's funny. I feel like throughout the pregnancy, there's this personification, well, personification, literally, but maybe that's not the right word, but as the baby, you really want to, you know, humanize and identify with the baby inside the womb, and you get this notion that by the time they're full term, that there's this sage old baby that knows <laughs> that knows smoking its pipe and knows what everything that's going on, and then they're born again, and they really are kind of this, you know, they still it, it's almost like rewinding to go back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about another issue that I think is something that needs to you know be addressed, and it's something that you had brought up, but the whole bringing the baby out of the room, co-sleeping argument. Mm-hmm. You know, is there something that you either recommend you tell people to figure out what works for them i mean i I think that everyone's different here again uh but i'm interested in just you know a little discussion about it because it's something that it sounds like people definitely need to talk about well as i say i'm orthodox about virtually nothing and so i don't i don't to say here's a sleeping arrangement that cookie cutter works for everybody is a great disservice to the you know different contexts and cultural backgrounds so in terms of the the mechanics of the situation no like my my brother and sister in law still basically do family bed and they've got a five year old. Yeah, this would make me insane. Right, but it it works for them and, and so they like it. Rather, the way I come about that question is to make sure that because it's it's charged. I mean, 
that's prior to the baby coming that's that's your personal space with with your partner mm -hmm. and there's a lot that goes into that not just sexually or, or, or physically but as you know you're sort of your inner sanctum and beyond that the consistency of your sleep and 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 so on um the thing that i focus on is to make sure to have an assertive conversation about it and when i say assertive oftentimes it's misunderstood people think i was very assertive i punched him no <laughs> that's actually aggressive assertive is right in the middle of passive and aggressive and assertive means that i'm working very hard to be understood not to win i'm working hard to be understood and i'm working equally hard to understand you and typically people come at this they're tired they have a lot invested in it and they just want they want what they want to happen to happen but don't work as hard at, okay, I want to understand why this is important to you. I want to understand exactly what's going on that, that makes this, how did, you, how did you arrive at that, and then not shoot it down and try to win. I mean, you can apply this to anything, but we're talking about the sleep arrangement point. Yeah. And if you, if you do that in having that conversation, you're going to get more traction by working to understand and to be understood than to just get the kid out of the room. You didn't mention it before as one of your complaints about dads, but... Uh I mean, I imagine going around the room that we've all experienced, you know, some a change, right, in the in the sex patterns that mm -hmm. you have with your wife and the lovemaking and when it's going to happen. So, what do you find in talking to, um, and what have you guys all find it as as far as like how it how it changed? Um, I mean, I, I'm happy to go first. You know, it absolutely is different, and I think that it is it can pretty easily be a source of frustration if you're not talking about it and communicating about it. The different you want to be sympathetic to your wife's needs, but then you have your own needs and you've got to find that balance in between. And that's kind of what you're dealing with with everything. Well, I have about 11 months of uh, research on this. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're actually one of those co-sleeping families that you were talking about. So that right. throws a whole different curveball into the, it totally does. the, the sex conversation, um, if there is even a conversation about it. Yeah. Flexibility in terms of schedules. You just have to realize that it's not always going to go as you expect, right. and if at all, and try to make it work and being assertive and communicating you have to communicate you know you yeah. know how you're feeling and what your wants and needs are she's communicating probably to you what her wants and needs are but are you communicating yours to her mm -hmm. and making sure that she that this is important to you what's important to her and trying to meeting somewhere in the middle and hopefully she realizes all the above mm -hmm. we did the co-sleeping for months and then we yeah. it wasn't working for us it just wasn't working for the baby either and that's i mean that's Right. One thing to consider is what works for you and then what works for the baby. Right. It wasn't working for the baby either. Yeah, if it's not working for the baby, and it, no. yeah, then why so we moved, you want to do it? we that? moved her down into her room, and uh, that doesn't change anything really, though. Yeah. And you move her down into her own room, but we have a very challenging high-energy baby. If you could harness her energy, you'd solve a lot of the world's problems. Yeah. <laughs> Probably you might even hurt her like, to, yeah, on the show. She's poking around But just water. because she's downstairs in her crib doesn't necessarily mean she's sleeping. So you've got the amount of free time that you have to yeah. connect physically or mentally or however you want to connect is very small to begin with. Yeah. And then when you finally do get that moment, it almost feels like you're trying to fit something into a schedule. Like, oh, my gosh, right. we've got five free minutes. What are we going to do with it? All right. And you think, am I in the mood? Am I tired? Am I sick? Is she in the mood? Is she tired? Is she sick? And you, you know, you got to just try it. Yeah. You have to, well, if you're not, give it a go. You know, if you're not in the mood, try. Maybe you are in the mood. Maybe you just need to be talked into it physically a little bit or not. Yeah. But so many things change that you can't, there's no broad stroke answer for it to make it come right back to the way it used to be. Yeah. And you can't plan it. No. Yeah. Let's close it out with um, 
I want to go around and see if you guys have any, like if you had one tip for new dads, if we had one piece of wisdom that we could impart on Antonio or any of our listeners that are expecting for the baby's first year. Patience. Lots of patience. Um, things are all over the place. There's spit up, there's pee, there's <laughs> crying, there's injuries, there's babies falling, there's tears from your from mommy, from daddy. I mean, every, just everything is different. So if you go with the flow and just have patience with it and just smile along the way. And I mean, this is all part of the journey and it's exciting, you know, and you just have to look back and enjoy it. I heard a good phrase the other day um, that I hadn't heard before. And someone said, I think they saw us with our with the youngest and he, they said you know we miss those days you'll always get the people that'll see you out with the baby and be like oh Rem- uh, remember these days right remember yeah. these days yeah. what they said and i thought it was good was the days are long but the years are quick mm. um yeah. that you know it's when you're in it and, and you can't even imagine how can you not remember this but yeah. the years do go by quick because i mean my oldest is already you know gonna be in first grade next year and i remember when he was just a baby it really does fly by but when you're in it it seems like it's never going to end. I've had countless conversations with parents that just come up to me now, and no matter how old their kid is, 10 months, 10 years, 18 years, 30 years, every one of them says, oh, my God, it flew by so quickly. I can't believe it. You know, my kid's in college now. My kid's going to kindergarten. And I feel that right now. I can't even believe that my baby is almost one year old. Yeah. That saying is so true. The years just fly by. And then they romanticize the past as well. I think. Oh, so our too. baby never had problems <laughs> sleeping. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so I've been writing everything down because I don't want to forget that <laughs> we've had problems sleeping. Uh, <laughs> no, we're having them. If you have, you have to find a way to get rest, whether it's, you know, whether you train your baby to sleep or you just sleep when the baby does sleep and you capitalize on those opportunities, sleep deprivation will catch up with you yeah. no matter what. You cannot hide from it. And you'll forget things that you shouldn't forget. Exactly. And driving a car becomes dangerous you know you just don't know where you are how you got there and it's it's frightening any other words of wisdom as we wrap it up oh yeah my thought is in the same way that that men are stereotypically terrible communicators we're also terrible social chairs we're generally socialized to have external forces bring us together school work teams that we're on but right now i'm looking around at at we've got six guys in the same room that are that are very engaged dads that are very focused on and open about being dads and this is a very rare kind of forum you don't this is this is this is hey we're gonna do the dads class it's it's that's you know this this show is different and what i what i would say is when you have even a newborn make sure that you're not trying to get all of your social support needs met by mom it isn't fair it isn't realistic and it ends up being just a strain on the relationship so even if you're thinking, I oh, know, but you know, she spent so much time. I can't go play golf or go surf or just hang out with some friends. You need it. You've, you've got to have it because if you don't initiate that, if you don't work to go get it and do it in a way that makes sense in your newly expanded family context, you are not really looking after your overall well-being. It's hard. It's not one of the things that people see coming, but it feels like a want to. But getting your social support needs met in addition to your relationship is absolutely a need so be proactive about it yeah and i would say she needs it too yeah so, and uh, be proactive about her yeah, getting it too absolutely two-way street so 150 percent. it's okay to to you know come and bring that up because bring it up with you know her also as you know okay well this will be my time to do do this this you know and i'll take it for you so you can go get some adult communication as well uh, and that was the other only other thing i would bring up was be a little like, forgiving of yourself. There's a lot of wiggle room when you're a new, new dad. The kid's not going to remember your screw up. So it's just <laughs> kids bounce. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Nice. All right. Well, thanks so much. I think that was a fun conversation. Hopefully it was helpful to you guys listening as well. Thank you, Dr. Singley, for joining us. I'm actually going to save my top tip for new dads for the bonus content. Oh, nice. I put it out there before, but I think it's something that you'll like, Dr. Singley, and actually will come in handy for most of you guys at the table as well. So yeah, stick around for that if you're a member of the Parent Savers Club. If not, you should join if you want to hear it. Um, I also did a blog post about it. You can look it up on our site, parentsavers.com, and for information about Dr. Singley or any of our panelists or today's topic make sure to visit today's episode page. Before we wrap up, here's a parenting oops from one of our listeners. Hello, this is Grace from Traverse City, Michigan. One of my favorite funny parenting stories is I was cutting my boy's hair for summer and I had my clippers and I'm not a hairstylist, um, but I can do a buzz cut. And I did my first son and it went fine and I set my second son down to do his haircut. Well, I forgot to put the clipper back on after trimming around my other son's ears and neck. And I started right in the center at the top of his head. And let's just say he was not very happy with me. It was completely shaved down to his scalp. I pretty much, to save it, I just had to shave his whole head. And um, he was not very happy with me. He had to wear hats for a while until it grew out a little bit. But now he doesn't like me to cut his hair. And I understand why. Um, it was funny looking back at the time he was pretty mad at me. He was about, um, I think eight or nine years old. So that was my funny parenting story. Right. Bye. If you have a parenting oops, you'd like to share on our show, call our voicemail at 619-866-4775 and leave us a message or send us an email through our site, parentsavers.com. That wraps it up for our special Father's Day episode of Parent Savers, and we also had a great one for Preggy Pals as well, so thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate you guys listening to Parent Savers. Hopefully you found the conversation helpful. Because it's Father's Day, we're doing a special promotion with Daddy Scrubs. You have a chance to win a Daddy Swag gift set. All you got to do is go to our giveaways page on parentsavers.com and sign up, and you can win your very own set of Daddy Scrubs, a t-shirt, hat, coffee mug, three pens, sunglasses, and more, all part of this awesome Daddy Swag gift set from daddyscrubs.com. Go to parentsavers.com giveaways page and enter don't forget to check out preggy pals for expecting parents or the boob group for moms who are breastfeeding their babies next week we're going to put the focus back on moms we're going to talk about ways to help them get their bodies back after baby and as we talked about we like your bodies how they are but we know it's important for you guys to feel good about it too so we've got an expert coming in to give us some tips on that thanks so much this is parent savers empowering new parents this has been a new mommy media production The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.